pushing the boundaries of expectations and rewriting the rules of adventure are the reasons we get up in the morning. This is a way of life, a huge and growing community of explorers and adventurers, leading the way, blazing new trails, and raising the bar. We share your hunger for a life without limits, and we know you'll stop at nothing to get there. Well, greetings and welcome back, KB Creators, for another adventure of advancing to live our best lives together. StephenCanyon.com is the website. And if you would like to begin receiving KB text messages with an occasional insight for believing right along in partnership with myself and Miss Maggie, text the word kinetic <laughs> to 31996 and you're in. And if you'd like to become part of the KB family, and I know you would like that, just, well, you're invited to join our private Facebook group. Go on to the website and check it out. Is that how you do it, Maggie? Yeah, it's, it's on the website right. yeah. and I think it's under contacting connecting with us and there's a button right there Please for do the it. private Facebook Come group. Come on in. We'll receive you with open yes. arms. Yes, yes, yes. I, Meg, I just want to say thank you. For, for what? I heard you singing in the other room uh, yesterday. And yeah. I don't, you, you <laughs> I don't sing all the time, but I don't hear you singing enough. And it, it was a real, I don't know, your joy just got all over me as it always does. But oh. you were singing, I don't know what the <laughs> song so was, nice. but you were singing full voice and it was beautiful. And oh. I tried harmonizing a little bit from the other room. Um, the acoustics <laughs> kind of helped. But anyway, thank you. Oh, my goodness. Well, thank you. That's there is some, so sweet. There's something about us just physically expressing joy that is contagious, isn't it? Yes. To everybody around you. Yes. Just like right before the podcast. Uh, you got a scarf out, and you're you're dancing to some Dan Fogelberg with a scarf, and uh, the happiness and the joy, and it was, it was thick, and you were it like, it just sounds like I'm I'm at home all the time singing and and, th- scarf and dancing, dancing with scarf dancing. Well, I joined you in the scarf dance. You did. I was I was surprised, and, and I'm like, oh, we're just so happy, you're, and you're, you're like, very well, light on your feet. If you can't be happy, you said dancing with a scarf, then you must be dead inside. <laughs> <laughs> Try that, sounds, that sounds really bad <laughs> hearing it hearing it played back but it's, it's so true if you're having an off day get a scarf turn on some yes. of your favorite music and dance with it just do it and just yes. scarf dance yes something about expressing joy that just gets all over you and it's the action of expressing it first that mm. you, it just it's kind of like it's got you can't play a sad song with a banjo <laughs> You can't exactly. listen to listen to music that yes. has a good beat without tapping your foot. Something just begins to move through That's you. So true. I had a, a I took a dance appreciation class in college, and I just the one thing did I remember really? I did. It was really interesting. And the one thing I really remember though is the teacher. He looked kind of like uh, the guy that played Willy Wonka. What's his name? Oh yeah, yeah. Gene, Gene, uh, Gene Wilder. Gene Wilder. He looked a lot like that. But he said, "You will never meet a depressed or sad down." Isn't dancer that true he's like because we're always just expressing with our bodies and it just yes. keeps everything flowing and moving and i thought that's i couldn't think of anyone that seemed sad dance appreciation <laughs> and, and why didn't i why was that an option for me i took art appreciation is probably one of the, the most difficult courses i've ever taken <laughs> in my life we're memorizing different expressionists and, and art forms oh. what did you do for dance appreciation just dance Oh, yeah, we would watch some dance routines. It was a great class. We would watch some routines, and he even taught us a few things. We would partner up and do some foxtrot things. And I did have a a sense, though, that with the um, when he was actually teaching us different dances, you kind of felt like he was trying just to show us how how hard it is. 
like it was it's <laughs> to, like he wasn't dance. yeah <laughs> like he wasn't really <laughs> trying to teach us to dance it was just like uh, letting us know and i guess that's part dancing. of appreciating it well, there though. are some tough dances out there what would you say would be a hard dance uh flamenco flamenco seems very difficult doesn't it and mm. the the tango and i think mm-hmm. i think a lot of formation dances seem seem difficult probably right but we see yeah. we see it naturally in children and kids don't we i mm. still cannot have a piece of chocolate without doing some kind of a candy dance <laughs> i mean it, it, don't worry you, about it he's just doing his what? candy dance i know everyone i, I had the other day i i i don't know how long i've been da- before i realized i was dancing it obviously i've been doing it for a while and i realized it's just because i'm eating a piece of candy well, and I remember the first time that um, we were with uh, our niece and somebody gave her like a little tiny bite of cake for the very first time. You know, she was like a little baby. And I she just starts. That. Yeah. You can't. Yeah. For those that can't see me, I'm just like bobbing up and down. But. Speaking of, of <laughs> things that move that make you happy, do you remember when I mentioned sea monkeys in one of our podcasts? We were talking about sea yes. monkeys, and I yes, I, I ordered a pack mm-hmm. of sea monkeys when I was a kid. Yeah. I saw an ad for it. Well, after that podcast, one of our KBs sent a photo of an old um, I saw that sea monkey yes. ad that they found, or they still had. It. I don't know where they got it, but it showed the little uh, royal family of sea monkeys. They were like on the beach. Having a day at the beach. We should put that on the website or somewhere. Oh, yeah, we'll, we'll put it on the Facebook group because I think yes. he sent it through the um, Facebook messaging. But it was a really Please cool, do. it was very elaborate. <laughs> it was <laughs> That is the <laughs> same amazing. ad that I saw that caused me to want to buy the pack of sea monkeys. And they made me happy. And you could see these little tiny dots of something <laughs> swimming around in a mason jar. Oh I think it goodness. was. I think it was some type of shrimp. I don't know. Who knows? And it also reminded me of know. the flea circus at Piccadilly Square in London one, one time. <laughs> That I saw. I think we talked about that. But you yes. look through this magnifying glass, yeah. and they had fleas dressed up in little capes and pulling the wagons around. It's a for real story. Yeah. And you, we YouTube. That make it. you smile. We YouTubed it. Yeah. yeah. I feel like these are all, um, you know, we've been at home too long. Stories. You think so? <laughs> sea Maybe. monkeys and dancing flea with cir- scarves and, and flea circuses. <laughs> well, you know, isn't that what memories are good? Good memories are like treasures, aren't they? Mm. Yes. And we can reel them up, and we do this a lot. We'll pull up. Can you believe this? This on our iPhone. This this photo is from a year ago or two years ago, yeah. and this is what we were doing. And it's always such a happy occasion, isn't it? Yes, yes. And it's so fun to look back and see where we were, how we had no idea <laughs> what was coming. Um, well, it's always better than you imagine. You asked me while we were having dinner last night. You said, "You said, Steve, can you remember just one childhood memory? What is a yeah. top memory?" And mm-hmm. And, and I, I'm I like, loved your answer. There's so many. Yeah. As kids, especially because they're they're just those snapshots. It's like we say that um, you hang on to, and they seem to never dissipate. They never go away. And the one thing, and we both had this same uh, kind of scenario in common. It seemed always to do with snowfall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And. I remembered, you know, growing up, and we would get these snowfalls that seemed like they would last forever. And we would have some of the deepest snow halfway up our back door as a little kid. And I'm, I remember I was probably nine years old. And like I was telling you, I remember this was a time when families would still, all of them would come out to the street and it was the day started early in the morning and we were out sledding the long hills in the neighborhood and then nightfall would come. 
And there would be some parent, he would, he brought this, he had this 55 gallon empty drum and he filled it with wood and built this big fire right in the middle of the top of a street and mm. it's snowing and it's deep and all the kids are out there and all the adults and, and the, the scarves and <laughs> it's just like a Hallmark uh, yes. moment, but we're sledding up till 10, 11 o'clock at night and there's yes. a fire that we would warm by at the top of the hill and the laughter and everybody <laughs> getting along all the it's like there wasn't anything wrong in the entire yes. world and even if there had been i'm nine years old what did i know <laughs> yes. right? it does feel like all is right with the world when it's a snow day you know because not only are you you're supposed to be in school otherwise so you get the day off school and you're it's just con every and everyone's participating you know everyone's playing the snow now i do have to say the one thing i was a little jealous about your story is the fire that just mm. sounds so cozy that I didn't, we didn't do anything like that. So I just love that idea of, oh my goodness, sledding and you go up to the top of the hill and you're warming yourself up and I'm sure that, you know, marshmallows and cocoa and... Mm. Cooking the marshmallows and it was the fire, but then probably as big a part of that memory mm-hmm. as anything else yeah. was the the camaraderie, the friendship, the neighbors all getting along, the laughter, right, right. the joy that, you know, it was just... Uh, there were no strangers. There was no animosity, no bitterness, no <laughs> nothing, just happiness. Was, you know, memories like that, they, they become in, engraved in our consciousness because they, they were so wonderful. They're so magical. And those occasions are a gift to us to recall that just lift us up. Right. Well, today let's talk about the secret of being persistent, the power of of persistence. I think I need that secret. (laughs) Oh, I don't know if you do or not, but let's talk (laughs) about it anyway. You know, I've heard heard some of the most successful people I know say things like, I need to find myself, or I lost myself, or I don't know who I am anymore. Every person who's ever lived has at one time or another struggled with losing themselves to the endeavors of life. Maybe you found yourself asking some of those questions, the same kind of questions, things like, you know, if uh, who am I? Why am I here? What am I supposed to be doing? If you do ask yourself those questions, uh, do you have an answer yet? I mean, who are you, really? Can you answer it quickly? And before you try to answer, stop and think for just a moment. Forget about what you have achieved in life. Um, Never mind what uh, you may own and don't think about whatever it is that you do. And just search yourself while I ask the question again, who are you? If you've accepted uh, the one you were created to become in the land of the living, that uh, unabashed, unique beautiful, one-of-a-kind individual that you are, that every single person is, with a passion to be able to express that one in a way that champions you, in a way that uh, celebrates you and all others just like they are, then yes, you are balanced and you are centered within the way and the truth of relating to um, your creator, of relating to the universe that is around you of relating to the world that you've been immersed into, and most importantly, in a way of relating to yourself. Mm. However, if you still have a lot of um, unanswered questions, who am I? Why am I here? What am I supposed to do with my life? Mm. 
how did I end up in this place, in this space at this time with these people? (laughs) (laughs) Then then I want to say this, that today you are in for an exciting insight today. You are about to learn exactly what it means to manifest your best self. And in case you didn't know it, your best self will change your life. You know, I've got to say the uh, my favorite thing, the best thing about doing these podcasts with you is just how much they center me to go through the day because it's it's being balanced and centered that, that ultimately it's going to prepare the kinetic believer, all of us kinetic believers, for anything and everything. Um, I love it, what you said. Um, it's, it's the plan of our best self that actually changes our lives. Yeah, you know, you were created in the image of the highest form of creation and created with the exact same inherent abilities to imagine what it is that you will create. Mm-hmm. You are the best demonstration of workmanship that there is in the entire universe. And particle physicists have trained their theoretical attention toward the cosmos in search of the answer to the question, who are we? Where do we come from? Um, why are we here? And the answer to all of those questions, it no longer eludes us. And, and we've now been asking those, those questions for thousands of years. And we've been searching. And the, the, here's what's really amazing, Meg, about the time that we're now living. Because of the length of time and the integrity with the desire for knowing the answer to those questions... The insights for the answers, those answers are now for the first time in the history of humanity on the earth, being attracted to form within our consciousness. Mm-hmm. And in other words, the answer to those, to those fundamental questions of the basic human existence are being attracted and they've manifested into our consciousness. We are gaining insight now. The first, the very first believer the creator, God, was the first believer. And the bias for all things within that first believer, for all things within the universe, first imagined to create the planets, all the stars, the entirety of the cosmos, including the consciousness, which is awareness of itself, we are we human beings co-creative creators are the universe awareness it's the substance of awareness for the universe and which formed that awareness that bias formed all of us look the the miracle of life the substance of you and me our original spirit being made perfect as it was was sculpted from the very first creative mind of the universe. Now think about this for a moment. The same creative work used to establish the far reaches of the universe were turned toward you and me to make a consciously aware, perfectly capable us. We were created uh, not as some kind of earthly fixer-upper, uh, ongoing thing that always needs to be mended and, and repaired. No, as and as something that just will remain broken on occasion, poor and sickly, like it or not, this is the way you are with a wobble in your walk, and that's just always the way it's going to be. No, there, there, there has never been, nor ever will again be, someone just like you. 
And we are unique and specifically fashioned with every ability of imaginative ingenuity to become larger than the life that we're now experiencing. But now here is, this is the best part about all of this. Not only can we win at life, but we're supposed to win. We're supposed to win at this thing. All things were designed to favor us. and it was, They were designed to celebrate us, to establish us, to be commanded by our desires. Look, the universe and every possibility contained within all that there is will do exactly what we expect it to do. If you want to change what you have, then you've got to change what you expect. You know, knowing that we're supposed to, like you're telling us, win at life, it, it actually takes the pressure off doesn't it? Just yes. just yeah. knowing that the universe is favoring us to to become bigger if, if that's what, what we're desiring. Um, you know, and if if we want to change, then we just change what we expect. That's so exciting. <laughs> yeah, sure. And you know what? It even gets better than that. This world and all of its trappings have absolutely no power over you. Mm-hmm. You have, we have been freed from the negative influence of this world. And now you may look around right now and you might see a lot of stuff going on in the world, playing out in your life and surrounding you at home, entertaining you through streaming and in all these other ways. And all those perhaps negative fables that may try to convince you of a life of poverty, that there's a life of sickness is normal, anxiety and fear is a normal part of life, and it's natural the natural uh, discourse of for all things. But this is the great lie which only has power over our best lives when we believe in that alternative. So, you know, there it is again. I mean, it, it seems so easy what you're saying. Nothing has power over us unless we believe it does. Um, you know, you talk about bad reports a lot, how they show up in our lives only to cause us to consider if, if we believe they are bad or good for us. And if we look at every report as, as actually being good for us, then... Well, I guess really there can be no bad reports. Isn't that true? And I love the <laughs> yes. way you put that. And it really goes back to the to the label, doesn't it? Yes, yes. Do we see it as bad? Do we see it as good? How right. about we just see everything as good? <laughs> why, does, why do we I have to that. label something as bad? I love that. We were going to go on vacation not long ago, just down to mm-hmm. a, a, a place to try it out for a little while. Yeah. And we happened to be in the area. And so we went by just to check it out. And uh, take a tour of the facility, and the the gentleman that was showing us around was actually very rude. Yes, and um, like weirdly, weirdly rude. rude. I mean, beyond <laughs> a personality trait, it was just he was yeah. just a rude guy. It's strange. And you know, we realized that a lot of times this can be a, a, a symptomatic of top down management. Mm. And so we were had been very excited about coming to this place and spending a few days, but then. I remember very uh, distinctly, we were walking out going, oh, this is good. This is a good thing. We've been shown something very good. We're being protected. Mm -hmm. And so all things are working together for our good. So rather than looking at that as a bad thing, we're going, this is great. This is good. And uh, rather than being disappointed that this is what we're in store for, we didn't know what was going to happen next, but this is a great thing. Yes. Well, no sooner had we gotten 
back home and you had this something came in I think you said on your in your inbox yeah it was on Instagram um it was just a post about this um resort this amazing beautiful five-star resort that was just a couple miles away from the other one and And there's a place you had not seen before right no it was brand it was completely new to me and they were just doing a, a weekend special and so we thought well Maybe we should check that one out. Because of the positive attitude that we both had. This is working together for good. The gratitude, the substance, and the, the place of energetics of gratitude that we stayed in, yes. in the face of the bad thing happening and the rudeness of this guy, the attraction of this new place came into you. We found it, located it, changed our reservation, went to that place, and it was spectacular. Spectacular. Yes. Just, and I love what you were saying, you know, that we immediately started saying that this is going to be good and isn't that always it because it's 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 that crucial defining moment of choosing the good report or the bad report that you're telling us about today it's that moment so if you if there's no such thing as a bad label Mm -hmm. as a bad report we don't even see it as a bad thing all things working together for our good yes so you start right you stay in gratitude at your and you just see it as a way of being protected from something that could have been harmful, could have been a negative experience. Right. You know, and if, if that's not easy enough, look, attracting to manifest into your life great wealth or anything that you should ever desire is as easy as when you look at the circumstances of life, of the world around you, stop to ask yourself the question, what is it that I see? In other words, what kind of lens am I really seeing all of this through? Because it's the lens that's going to, deter- to determine whether or not you see it as a negative thing or a positive thing. Well, I love the other thing that you always teach us too about mechanics. You know, you always are reminding us that, hey, the mechanics are the same for manifesting anything, any path. So whether it's, you know, a little vaca- weekend vacation that you're wanting to uh, better and better and better and receive the best and have the best, or whether it's, you know, some huge life-altering news that you're deciding what kind of report to attach to it. I mean, I just love, I'm just hearing your voice as you're, as you're teaching us today. You know, the mechanics are the same. It works the same across any level. There's, and there's only one report that we attach to all things, and that is one of the languages of heaven that I call it. This can only be mm, a good thing wow. working in your life. There are no bad reports yes. where all things are good. Yes. So is it a negative, or do you see it as a positive situation? Because that's going to tell you more about yourself than it does about the situation. Mm. Or a little of both, or a lot of one or the other. The, <laughs> right. the, the, key, the key here that unlocks the door to all that we could ever ask for or hope for is for us to choose to only use the lens of positivity in order to look at the world around us. And the intentions of our soul change. And it only it becomes uh, uh, linear toward the, the desire to only attract good things in our lives. Look, the, the creator of us, the creator of the universe does not look at us and see all of our ideas regarding lack and sickness and unhappiness and despair and all of those things. Mm-hmm. Now, the universe is expanding away from the energetics of disappointment, away from the energetics of disgust, away from worry, away from decay. Those are not expanding qualities. 
All of those things are fabricated. They are a, a contradiction to the becoming more of life. And the idea that we're not living up to some celestial measuring stick is a lie that is conjured as thought forms from negative influencers who are abusing their creative dominion. They are a contradiction to unconditional love. They are the contradiction to the abundant way of life. And it, the path to manifesting our greatest passions each day of our life is to become massively, and that's the word, is to become massively determined that nobody and no thing, no contradiction is going to ever change the way that we make up our minds to believe. It is our persistence that will overwhelm any level of education. Our persistence will overwhelm any uh, perfected talent and even opportunities, be they there or not there yet. It is our persistence that is the most valuable resource for rearranging the quality of our life. Persistent imagination persistent desire. It's persistent massive action and it's persistent gratitude. Nothing in the realm of possibilities has any kind of meaning except the meaning that we give it. And the only excuse for not having what we want in life are the reasons that we actually create for why we can't have what we want in life. It is our persistent ambitions. It's our persistent desires that are, are like magnets. In other words, think of your persistence as your magnets. Whatever you're persistent in attracts. Your persistence exists in a, a creative void. And as long as you don't fill the void of your persistence with distractions, well, your persistence will attract your desires. Wow, this is so good. I'm looking at my persistence as magnets that will attract Mm -hmm. my persistence <laughs> to manifest greater things in my life. Magnets that will attract. Yeah. Persistent magnets. <laughs> That's so true. You know, you are the most powerful source of attracting energy in the universe. We have this nuclear core of source energy. And we will have what we say and wherever the focus of our soul is turned, wherever our attention is turned, you see, energy flows to attract whatever we choose to kinetically believe. Have you ever heard of the game of chicken? <laughs> yes. And, and I'm not talking about lunchtime. <laughs> no, chicken, like who's going to move first? <laughs> yeah, it's when, it's when two drivers uh, drive directly toward each other. Yeah. And then whoever swerves first is called the chicken and is right. the, the loser of the game, and, um, supposedly. Like in Greece. It's like in Greece. Yeah. Was it Greece? Yeah. And also in uh, where they drove the tractors toward each other. My, my hometown? Uh, that was uh, <laughs> the dancing movie with Kevin Bacon, whatever um, that was. But footloose. anyway, yeah, Footloose. Yeah. But now here, well, here's a disclaimer, everybody. Don't, don't do this at home. It's foolish <laughs> and it could be deadly. Yes. No. No, we're okay. Don't ever play chicken. Kids. No, don't. But it, it does serve as. As an illustration of how everything good in our lives is either destroyed or actually never shows up, just mm -hmm. as soon as you become determined to stay the course, regardless of what you see coming towards you, because we're playing chicken with our best desires and opposing those opposing suggestions as the opponent coming toward us in the form of tests, they begin to barrel directly toward us and then it's the alternative that's usually loaded with all of these incentives for us to swerve mm. to stop mm. 
to jump off the tractor down into the ditch, to do whatever. And it's an alternative opposing those opposing suggestions that have the appearance of being determined to outpersist us while heading straight toward us to interfere with our course of action and force us then to swerve out of the way. But now here's a secret. Anything that opposes your determination has less force than you do for manifesting your desires. Your center, our center of creative uh, energetics, center of creative force for manifesting our desires, always wins our desire. It always, always wins, regardless of the way things may appear. If, underscore, if we persist in our belief, we actually activate the kinetic attraction by refusing to swerve. And if you do this, if we do it, you'll wear down the opposition to where it just becomes to no effect, of no effect at all. Get your game plan ready in advance and clearly concisely journal your holistic intentions while meditating upon your rights as a co-creative creator to live the life and experience the life that you were placed into the land of the living to manifest and see come to pass. And if you do this habitually, you will not scramble and try to gather up some kind of last minute belief to try and save the day. That's so good. Have your game plan ready in advance. Um, you know, life really is like playing a game, isn't it? I mean, mm. we can choose to go at this to win or by default without little to any effort, we will just lose out on enjoying the most amazing personal journey. Yeah, you know, it is like playing a game. The game of life. Mm. Uh, when I when I played football, we didn't just work out and practice and work on new plays. Uh, we had to study the teams that we were playing, the opposition. Mm. One and one way that we did this was by watching films of the opposing. Uh, oh yeah. T- uh, players you and really their, their tendencies. Film. Yeah, we watched film. Okay, I have a question. But I've always wondered about this. So when you watch film, is it? Did you ever look at it and, and think, man, those guys are really big? I mean, always. was it like discouraging? Always. I, th- I always thought we're going <laughs> <we're> to die. <laughs> you're trying to study it. And you're just thinking, like, Wait a why minute. are they so enormous? No wonder they're not graduating anybody. Look at the size of these people. Right. Yeah, I always thought that. Okay. But they always look, they always look meaner I always wondered and about that. In their pads. <laughs> That's but, true. You know. That's true. But we did that. We studied their plays and the tendencies of all those various players and, mm. and the repeated strategies that they use. And but by now, doing this, we were breaking down what techniques they used so that we could come up with plans to uh, use against them. Right. You know, yes. just catch the ball for one great plan. <laughs> I don't know, but there there is an interesting concept of oh, of <laughs> of opposing all of these these negative forces that will work mm-hmm. against you. If you were to call it a strategy, and it would be a a pile on technique. You ever heard of like seen piling on? Oh yes. Anytime I see that in a NFL uh, game, I always like to imagine yelling dog pile. As they're, as they're jumping. Dog pile. Okay. Dog pile. So the, 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 the dog pile technique. Usually there's a fumble and there's a dog pile. Right. Okay. Well, in quantum theory, we recognize um, the negative source of becoming more of a thing as entanglement. Right. And where one thing becomes greater, or in the case of negative energetics, one thing becomes more confusing, uh, more twisted, more spoiled by diminishing to become less. 
where the negative thing is tolerated, the attraction becomes a powerful force. And the dog pile is getting bigger, uh, spinning out of control. It begins to mound and as noise and confusion becomes louder and more apparent. Uh, you've likely, you probably experienced it yourself. One attack after another, after another, after another, until you're just so worn down that yes. your resolve to keep on trying has been weakened. Yeah. Things seem to be spinning out of control. So you, you, uh, you just feel worn out and you get tired before the day has even really begun. Mm-hmm. Tired of the fight, tired of showing up. And the thing that's happening is the constant uh, bombardment of the negative narrative that's being internalized, the the dialogue that you're feeding yourself, the complete sentences, mm-hmm. and then those turn into paragraphs. And then you've got this short story yeah. of how life sucks, and the subconscious doesn't know if something is true or not. It just believes whatever's being digested. And if you allow those negative inner conversations to continue, if you allow yourself to listen to negative judgmental people tearing down others talking about them in condemning ways and if you entertain yourself with sad uh, negative dramas the the constant persistent suggestions will just cause you to fade from the attracting dynamics of Mm -hmm. uh, unconditional love and the kinetic energy of your desires stops attracting what you want to see show up in your life But when we are aware of the techniques of negative reasonings and what the opposing team looks like, how they play their game, we've studied the film, how long they're going to stand in front of you, trying to get you to believe that you're less than you really are, how long they're going to keep coming toward you before they swerve to get out of your way because you have more authority than they do where your life is concerned. You have more dominion than they do where your life is concerned. You are ultimately the final authority in the kind of life you're going to live. So then you can defend against that dog pile technique when you know what it's going to look like and and uh, basically where it's going to show up and what an empowering question to ask of ourselves you know what is my persistent inner dialogue is it mostly negative or is it full of optimism you know am i am i being pessimistic about the world as it is, or am I optimistic and excited about each and every day um, as, of course, I am? And isn't that it? That is the, how simple this really is, rather yeah. than, yes. that we were talking simple. earlier today, rather than dissecting problems and and trying to figure out why is that thing that's wrong, wrong. No, we only, we only concern ourselves with the positive, mm. with more, with health, with joy and happiness, the good things, and we pay no attention wow. to those things that are trying to get our attention. And I have to say, what you just said, that was a huge breakthrough for me um, when we talked about that earlier today, because as a typically very analytical person, you know, making sure that I'm not succumbing to giving into that desire to to analyze the negative, to figure out why they said it, why they did that, why am I having these thoughts? I mean, just to just completely cut it off, nip it, and <laughs> focus on the positive. That's, that's huge. Do you know that there is... Uh... It's a misnomer to believe that you can fix something that is broken. Mm-hmm. The only way to fix something is to go to the thing that's fixed already. Nothing's yes. actually broken. But as long as we wow. meddle with what's broken, we continue to focus on brokenness. Mm-hmm. Wow. But this is what wisdom looks like. You, you, you've seen the game film, 
You know what? You know that it's coming. You know you, it's coming. You know, you know that what they look like with their pads on. You know what to expect. But now this time there is a difference. You see, you're going to be ready for the game, but your own strategy and um, is, is the thing that you're going to be showing up with at game time. And that is, our strategy is always going to be persistent kinetic belief, Mm -hmm. which is a nonstop, steady, relentless hold onto our persistent kinetic belief until all resistance is broken. And the desired result is manifest in our lives, where it can be seen, where it can be enjoyed and experienced and lived. Look, the more that we practice this as a way of life, those dog piles... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they become less and less until they just don't even show up anymore. Yes. You know, the last thing you'll see is one person trying to create a dog pile. And it just, <laughs> it's not pretty and it doesn't work and it looks foolish. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like a mosh pit and there's no one there to catch you. Boom, it's over. Now, when you don't pay attention to those negative reasonings anymore, they don't stay around. <laughs> and now, now you have a, we have a place of peace that we can now protect. You know, habitual expectations can be either positive or negative. Both have consequences. Mm, Yes. Imagine you were given the employee of the month parking space. Mm, Okay. As you should be. In fact, as I should. As uh, as, as in front of everybody (laughs) right now, Meg, you now have the employee of the month parking space. I've worked very hard. I'd like to think. Well, it's all yours. You know, imagine imagine this happens, Mm -hmm. and day number one, you show up, and you're all excited about parking in your new parking space, the one closest to the door, and somebody else has parked in it. (sighs) Okay. You don't know whose car it is, but there it is. (laughs) There it is. Daggone it. Daggone it. Oh, my goodness. I thought thought it was me. I'm so upset. it was my time. Okay. So you park where you usually park, and you go on inside. Nobody knows whose car it is, and you just get on about your business. You come in again tomorrow, a different car, but somebody else has parked in the employee of the month parking space, which belongs to you. And so, (laughs) oh, my goodness. I'm so upset about this. I (laughs) earned it. I worked hard. (laughs) I'm so angry. You should have, Meg, the employee of the month parking space. You go on and you go to work okay. the next day and the next day again oh. and again and again. You're angry. You're upset. And, and you, you finally you just you're showing up to work. You don't even look anymore. And you just keep parking in the back of the parking lot and you go on in. The next day you do the same thing because you just know somebody's parking in the parking space. A couple of weeks come and go and somebody says, Meg, why haven't you been parking in your parking place? <laughs> well, I haven't even been looking anymore. You stop because you were anticipating and expecting someone to be in your space. That is what happens with the habitual pattern of expectations. If they are negative, we stop expecting the good. And when you stop looking for the good to show up, you'll miss it. It's like an inheritance that you don't even know is yours and you don't show up to collect it. It's the anticipation and the expectation of the good that is mm-hmm. always going to allow it to show up right on time when it wow. should be there. Positive change requires massive action, and it requires that we remain persistent in our expectations or we'll miss wow. it every single time. We want to apply the force of the positive expectations to our life. In other words, the power of, it's the power of inertia that will snowball the advancing life to become us. It's like looking out your back window one day, and what you see is weeds, vines, choking out last year's flower bulbs, and piles of leaves, and they're just uh, in this, they're so, this space is unkept, and it's piled up with debris, and you decide, hey, you know what? The weather's turning warm. 
I think that this year I'm going to do whatever it takes to plant a garden in this place. And so you go and get a rake and a shovel, gloves. You get some boots, some weed whackers and grass hackers and all of these <laughs> other things. And you start and you start putting in the work from early in the morning until late. You're out there and you're pulling the weeds. You're digging dirt. I'd love to see this, by the way. And you're hauling away <laughs> leaves and rocks and days turn into weeks, and you rake and rake and shovel and dig, and you rake some more until finally you begin laying out your garden. Mm-hmm. And here's where I'm going to put the geraniums, and here's where I'm going to put the ferns. I don't know. Carrots. And, carrots. and here's where you're going to place all <laughs> And you place plants where you want them. You mulch, and you water, and you plant some more, and you put in some shade trees, and you decorate the flower beds, and mm-hmm. there's a few yard statues, and there's a butterfly bush, and a sundial, and more flowers. Finally, you get to the place where you place a bench for you to enjoy sitting right there in the middle of your garden. Every twig, every fistful of weeds and sticks, all of the unwanted rocks and debris, everything you had to move and remove to clear the space of your garden had, that was occupying that place of the space of your garden. You got it out of there, and you, you moved it, and your attention, until you cleaned up this space, had been somewhere else. Your thoughts had been somewhere else. You had not looked out that window before and thought, this is the imagination of my garden. This is now what I desire. You previously had no at- active intention of persisting in your attention to maintaining a peaceful place for your garden. But now that you've taken massive action, I can vouch for it. I watched you do all that, and it was massive. And now that you've taken massive action toward manifesting the dream of your garden, don't let up, because at this point, all that's required is a little persistence. That's all that's going to be required now for you to maintain that. In other words, it's so much easier to pull one weed than to tackle an entire property, a yard that's full of debris. This is what it means to put pressure on the maintenance of our peace. Keeping our energetics free from disturbance, no matter what they say, what they look like, regardless of what they may offer you, don't pay any attention to the opposing negative wannabe space occupiers. Protect your peace. When you get your parking place, go put some cones out there. <laughs> Keep whoever that was from parking in your place anymore. <laughs> maintain it. Protect your space. Yeah. And the magnetism of your persistence will then maintain the peace of your space. And now it's from this place where you've gratefully assumed the responsibility of being the persistent sentinel of your life's gardens that you can cultivate anything that you can think of or imagine. Johann Wolfgang von Goethe said that this is the highest wisdom that I own. Freedom and life are earned by those who conquer them each day again and again and again and again. It's not something we do one time, is it? It's a a way of life, isn't it? To be a successful, powerful, kinetic believer living a life of persistence to maintain our gardens. 
Let's work on some highest viewpoints and just say this out loud, saying, just say, being persistent is a normal part of my life. <laughs> being persistent is a normal part of my life. Persistence comes naturally to me. Persistence, it comes naturally to me. I enjoy being persistent. I enjoy being persistent. I find it so easy. I find it so easy. To persist. To persist. Even when things seem impossible. Even when things seem impossible. My ability to persist. My ability to persist. Is the difference between living my best life. It's the difference between living my best life. And mediocrity. And mediocrity. Other people benefit. Other people benefit. From me being persistent. From me being persistent. I pay no attention to what others call difficult times. I pay no attention to what others call difficult times. Well, that's just who I am. That's just who I am. I enjoy the feeling of trying harder. I enjoy the feeling of trying harder. When I feel resistance. When I feel resistance. I don't mind it when things appear difficult. I don't mind when things appear difficult. Because that's my time to shine. Because that's my time to shine. Look. Look. Being persistent feels natural to me. <laughs> Being persistent, it feels natural to me. And it's the reason that I attract great wealth. And it's the reason I attract great wealth. And great health. And great health. <laughs> and great joy. And great joy. And happiness. And happiness. And peace. And peace. And did I say wealth? And did I say wealth? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes, the secret of persistence. I love it. A little stubbornness goes a long way, and I've got plenty of that. <laughs> Perfecting, yes, perfecting kinetic belief is a blessing, isn't it? I mean, what a what a fun and thrilling way to just do life. It sure is. That and listening to you sing. Oh. That's a fun <laughs> way so to do sweet. life. Will and, you be my Valentine's Day? Yes, I will. Yes. I will. All the time. All the time. Sending out much love. Speaking yes. of Valentine, to all UKB creators <laughs> all around the world. Yeah, and thanks as usual, Steve, for all the wisdom. Bye.